0: Boy, Repton and Shell, 1929 to 1936, age 13 to 20. Getting Dressed for the Big School When I was 12, my mother said to me, I've entered you for Marlborough and Repton. Which would you like to go to? Both were famous public schools, but that was all I knew about them. Repton, I said. I'll go to Repton. It was an easier word to say than Marlborough. Very well, my mother said. You shall go to Repton. We were living in Kent then, in a place called Bexley. Repton was up in the Midlands near Derby and some 140 miles away to the north. That was of no consequence. There were plenty of trains. Nobody was taken to school by car in those days. We were put on the train. I was exactly 13 in September 1929 when the time came for me to go to Repton. On the day of my departure, I had first of all to get dressed for the park. I had been to London with my mother the week before to buy the school clothes, and I remember how shocked I was when I saw the outfit I was expected to wear. "'I can't possibly go about in those,' I cried. "'Nobody wears things like that.' "'Are you sure you haven't made a mistake?' my mother said to the shop assistant. "'If he's going to Repton, madam, he must wear these clothes,' the assistant said firmly. And now this amazing fancy dress was all laid out on my bed waiting to be put on. Put it on, my mother said. Hurry up or you'll miss the train. I'll look like a complete idiot, I said. My mother went out of the room and left me to it. With immense reluctance, I began to dress myself. First, there was a white shirt with a detachable white collar. This collar was unlike any other collar I had seen. It was as stiff as a piece of purse tex. At the front, the stiff points of the collar were bent over to make a pair of wings, and the whole thing was so tall that the points of the wings, as I discovered later, rubbed against the underneath of my chin. It was known as a butterfly collar. To attach the butterfly collar to the shirt, you needed a back stud and a front stud. I had never been through this rigmarole before. I must do this properly, I told myself. So first I put the back stud into the back of the collar band of the shirt. Then I tried to attach the back of the collar to the back stud but the collar was so stiff, I couldn't get the stud through the slit. I decided to soften it with spit. I put the edge of the collar into my mouth and sucked the starch away. It worked. The stud went through the slit and the back of the collar was now attached to the back of the shirt. I inserted the front stud into the one side of the front of the shirt and slipped the shirt over my head. With the help of a mirror, I now set about pushing the top of the front stud through the first of the two slits in the front of the collar. It wouldn't go. The slit was so small and stiff and starchy that nothing would go through it. I took the shirt off and put both the front slits of the collar into my mouth and chewed them until they were soft. The starch didn't taste of anything. I put the shirt back on again and at last I was able to get the front stud through the collar slits. Around the collar but underneath the butterfly wings I tied a black tie using an ordinary tie knot. Then came the trousers and the braces. The trousers were black with thin pinstriped gray lines running down them. I buttoned the braces onto the trousers, six buttons in all, then I put on the trousers and adjusted the braces to the correct length by sliding two brass clips up and down. I put on a brand new pair of black shoes and laced them up. Now for the waistcoat. This was also black and it had 12 buttons down the front and two little waistcoat pockets on either side, one above the other. I put it on and did up the buttons, starting at the top and working down. I was glad I didn't have to chew each of those buttonholes to get the buttons through them. All this was bad enough for a boy who had never before worn anything more elaborate than a pair of shorts and a blazer. But the jacket put the lid on it. It wasn't actually a jacket, it was a sort of tailcoat, and it was without a doubt the most ridiculous garment I had ever seen. Like the waistcoat, it was jet black and made of a heavy, serge-like material. In the front, it was cut away so that the two sides met only at one point, about halfway down the waistcoat. Here, there was a single button, and this had to be done up. From the button downwards, the lines of the coat separated and curved away behind the legs of the wearer and came together again at the back of the knees, forming a pair of tails. These tails were separated by a slit, and when you walked about, they flapped against your legs. I put the thing on and did up the front button. Feeling like an undertaker's apprentice in a funeral parlor, I crept downstairs. My sisters shrieked with laughter when I appeared. He can't go out in those, they cried. He'll be arrested by the police. Put your hat on, my mother said, handing me a stiff, wide-brimmed straw hat with a blue and black band around it. I put it on and did my best to look dignified. The sisters fell all over the room laughing. My mother got me out of the house before I lost my nerve completely and together we walked through the village to Bexley Station. My mother was going to accompany me to London and see me on to the Derby train but she had been told that on no account should she travel farther than that. I had only a small suitcase to carry. My trunk had been sent on ahead labeled luggage in advance. Nobody's taken the slightest notice of you my mother said as we walked through Bexley High Street and curiously enough, nobody was. I have learnt one thing about England, my mother went on. It is a country where men love to wear uniforms and eccentric clothes. Two hundred years ago, their clothes were even more eccentric than they are today. You can consider yourself lucky you don't have to wear a wig on your head and ruffles on your sleeves. I still feel an ass, I said. Everyone who looks at you, my mother said, knows that you are going away to a public school, all English public schools have their own different crazy uniforms. People will be thinking how lucky you are to be going to one of those famous places. We took the train from Bexley from Bexley to Charing Cross and then went by taxi to Euston station. At Euston I was put on the train for Derby with a lot of other boys who all wore the same ridiculous clothes as me and away I went.